You're now listening to The Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. Welcome to Sound of Sanity. I am Nathan. I'm your humble and obedient host. We've got Ben right there. He is the preacher who's the teacher of Sanity. Hello. I'm getting more and more good at saying that correctly. You are. And speaking of people who say things correctly, you are about to introduce someone who says <laughs> things correctly, Ben. Some things. <laughs> Only some. And I hope you don't mess it up because that uh, would be the height of irony. <laughs> no irony on this podcast, Nathan. Nope. This is Jake Mintzel. He's the pastor who's a master of Sanity. Hey, it's me. What's up? I don't know, Jake. What's up? What's making you guys feel insane lately in the membrane? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that callback. Insane in the membrane. Wow. I am the one. I am the one. It's like uh, 90s culture is making a comeback while 70s living is making a comeback. Nicely done, Jake. Yep. Uh. Everyone's nostalgic for the 90s because they had a little thing called food. (laughs) (laughs) It felt prosperous. (laughs) It did did feel prosperous. Yeah, okay, so the economy is making us feel insane. Yeah, things are hard right now. Things are hard, yeah. And it's not just really starting to feel it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's getting to the place where I'm feeling it too. I just got a letter from my electric company that was like, we are now assessing your budget billing. Your new budget bill billing will most likely be, and then it had a number, and it was not a number that made me happy at all. <laughs> it was a number that was almost double the old number, so. Oh. Yeah, utilities prices are doubling, mm-hmm. and they've already been rising. I was talking to somebody yesterday about how I have this constant pressure now of I, when our church got started, a a big part of, a big part of it was just being out and about in the community and feeling free to go be at coffee shops and go get lunch with people and things like that. And now it's like, well, I don't want to leave my house because gas is $4.50 a gallon and you can't pick up a fast food lunch for less than 12 or 15 bucks and I don't want fast food anyway. And it's just everything is crazy expensive and it's just really challenging to balance feeling like I have the, even the financial freedom to go and be out and about in the community because I don't know, a year ago we were saving money and at this point in the year, things just kind of keep, keep accumulating and it's hard. And I know that we're certainly not alone in that. A lot of people have been hit a lot harder than to my family, but hmm. it's hard. Yeah. As you were talking, I was just thinking when Church of the King first started as our sort of inaugural sermon series, you did the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. And I don't suppose there's anything. Well, why should I denigrate this? There's, there, it is profound. The Sermon on the Mount, I was going to say like, well, you know, there's nothing particularly profound about saying his eyes on the sparrow and all that kind of stuff. But it's right there, and those verses. It are, only doesn't. F- it only feels like it's not profound because it's so masterfully simple. It's so masterfully simple, and it's the kind of thing that you see on greeting cards and and little crochet pillows and things like that. So it's, maybe it's been misused, but that's not the passage's fault. Anyway, I those those verses for the last couple of days as I've been reassessing our budget are incredibly precious to me. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. my my uh, discipleship group, we got started in January, memorized uh, se- that section of Philippians 4, and I was just... Do not be uh, anxious. Be do not, yeah, do not be anxious for anything, but in everything with prayer and thanks... By prayer and thanksgiving with supplication, make your let your request be made known to God in the peace of God, which passes all understanding or transcends or passes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's been yeah. a while since we memorized it, and so now I'm back to the place where I'm getting my versions jumbled in my mm-hmm. head. Yeah, sounds like you guys memorized a weird version. Well, we memorized the ESV, ESV yeah, mm-hmm. um, in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let this mind, no, 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 no. Anyhow, we memorized it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Down through, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. But I was just thinking, man, I need to go back and rehearse that and brush up on it and get it back in my head and my heart. And we sort of have moved away from scripture memory being part of what we do in our discipleship group. And we need to bring that back. So mm-hmm. the beauty of that passage of Jesus getting down on his knees and talking to us as children. Look at the birds. They all have they all have food. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into barns. Look at the lilies of the field. They've all got or the, the grass of the field all clothed with lilies. God clothes the grass with lilies. He'll take care of you. Yeah, part of what it exposes for me is how much I wish that verse said Look at the birds. Do not do they not have Netflix and uh-huh. you know all their favorite subscription services? There's part of me that is anxious about losing pleasures that I barely even use. The amount of impact that canceling one or two subscriptions would make on my life is so incredibly minimal. Mm-hmm. We have so much and I'm not being super spiritual about this. Honestly, it's like how much time do I actually have to sit down and watch something on on HBO Max? I could cancel it and it just just would barely notice. And yet the idea of having to cancel it oh, is yeah. is very Don't it always seem to go that you never <laughs> you, never, <laughs> you don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> they pay paradise and well, park they put lot. up a parking lot. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> and yeah. since and, and that is right there, your perfect example of seventies and nineties meshing up mm-hmm. because you've got Joni Mitchell, well, it's a little more sixties, mm-hmm. but uh and definitely crows. counting crows is what is in my head when you, mm-hmm. when right. you pull that song. Not the greatest sixties nineties mashup. That would be <laughs> I was out on a date in my daddy's car. Yeah, there you we go. hadn't driven very far. <laughs> What a crap song. Where, where can my baby be? <laughs> oh, boy. Well, Jake, I'll tell you. <laughs> the screaming glasses. <laughs> so oh, my goodness. It's so cheesy Jam, and more. Oh, man. Uh, it's horrible. My uncle had a dog named Pearl Jam back in the Oh, 90s. no. Oh, no. <laughs> so bad. So bad. Uh. <laughs> I have a soft spot for Pearl Jam, but I. Uh, but that's... That's because I had a friend who liked who liked them, and I, I've never listened to an album of theirs. Actually, I, I have like a soft a spot for all that too. stuff. I I never thought that '90s nostalgia would hit me, but this wave of '90s nostalgia that we've been in for a while now has been hitting me. I actually, I live '90s nostalgia, guys. Yeah, I mean Jake's whole Jake's whole life is '90s nostalgia. <laughs> that's, that's I was going to say it. <laughs> it's like. Well, you can find me listening to The Wallflowers or Hootie and the Blowfish mm-hmm. anytime in the last 10 years. If you just stop me in the car, that may be what I'm listening to. Well, you just are a true 
middle American patriot. Basi- <laughs> basically, right. <laughs> your life ended on September 11th, 2001. <laughs> That's right. And I've been stuck in, uh, uh, what do you call that? Arrested development mm-hmm. ever since. Yeah. I've continued to develop, <laughs> listen to chip tunes and all kinds of interesting <laughs> music that has no bearing on the 90s at all. And I was so already stuck in arrested development that 2001 meant very little to me. <laughs> oh, I resonate with that remark. <laughs> I resonate with that remark. <laughs> yes. Uh, I resemble that. I mean, I just, we, we just watched Jurassic Park for sanity at the movies, just seeing the computers and the, the outfits and the dumb feminism. It's all charming to me now. And it's just, it's silly. The nineties weren't that great. I was there folks. I was there. Uh, Posobiec, the, this conservative guy on Twitter just did a big popular thread on Pizza Hut, cult, hut culture. Did you yeah, guys see this? I saw that. That yeah. that I found that incredibly moving and I kind of hated myself for it. He was basically saying we used to have these institutions, these cult, cultural signifiers that we could all unite around and one of them was going to Pizza Hut, walking into that dark environment, getting your cup, uh, whatever the, the style pl- of red, cup is. Red plastic cups and the Playing the, the lights that they had hanging overhead, yep. and then the the video games. And right, the, you know, it would yeah, have been like I mean, the Simpsons or the Turtles game or Mortal Kombat. They usually had two arcades, and then yeah, no, I, I yeah, somebody else in that thread started doing a similar thing uh, with McDonald's mm-hmm. and the old school big McDonald's play pa- places that started to go up in the '90s that were a little young for me, but my brothers and stuff like that. So it was also. It was just that sort of like you had Pizza Hut and you had go to McDonald's and it was an event mm-hmm. kind of a thing that, yeah. Well, when we, when uh, this is not a Sanity at the Movies that we're recording, but anytime we do record Sanity at the Movies and we're talking about those things that the, the big VHS classics of the late 80s, early 90s, Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, things like that. I associate them with McDonald's because McDonald's had a thing, not Jurassic Park, but they had a promotion where they were giving away back to the future and indiana jones and i, I think that's the way i experienced a bunch of those amblin absolutely, classics was absolutely. through that mcdonald's promotion huh. yeah mcdonald's promotion pizza hut did the same thing too i remember very much pizza hut having a land before time promotion mm-hmm. and being really excited about that and that being all part of the experience so the whole american spirit experience was this sort of like you know the combo of the movie and the fact <laughs> the crappy fast food restaurant that was a place to go and hang out. And it's weird to look at something like that and and think, well, what a trashy, low-level, cultural, common cultural, family, family-oriented common cultural experience. Mm-hmm. And yet, we don't even... Ha- we, What's the equivalent now? We don't even have anything that rises to that now. We're, we're that much more cheapened and atomized. And so, that in and of itself... We can talk all day about how impoverished that that is or that was, Mm -hmm. but man, it sure does highlight how impoverished we are now. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's see. I was saying a bunch of uh, sweet and profound things about the scripture, and then Ben jumped in with some Joni Mitchell, and (laughs) we were off and running. (laughs) (laughs) Counting crows, man. Counting crows. crows. You're saying some sweet and profound things about the... Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I guess I was just saying, actually, what I'm mad at is uh, not so much. I, I think personally, I do actually trust God will provide. I just don't prov- trust that he'll provide everything that I want. And I resent that. Yeah. And in, in 
how many times do you have to learn the lesson that every time God is taking something, he's giving something? Mm -hmm. But that is just a common theme in scripture and a common theme in the lives of every believer that every every taking from our our wise, good heavenly father who loves all of his children and works all things together for their good, everything he takes away is a giving of something. And you can look at it in the moment and be like, well, that sucks. Right. And I don't want to be given a work ethic or I don't want to be given an appreciation for suffering. Or you can take a step back and look too at, here's a stupid example. When we moved down here, my then seven-year-old son was on one of the top five or 10 baseball teams in the state of Indiana and played short, shortstop and pitcher and hit high in the lineup. And I thought, oh, okay, moving down to Evansville, somebody's going to want this kid because he's really good at baseball. He got cut from every possible team he tried out for because everybody, nobody knew him. Nobody cared about how good he was. And they knew who they had on their teams and who they wanted on their teams to the point that he got cut from the rec league all-star team. And it was just really sad and difficult and frustrating for him. And at the time, you're just like, and I know, I know this is a stupid example. This is on par from me and my family with Nathan's Netflix example, mm-hmm. right? We still have an embarrassment of riches, but God took that away from us. And that was like the B team. And so there was a third team and his third team was formed in his rec league. And he was, he was picked for that team and he was our shortstop and he batted second or third or something like that the whole season. And he got noticed by other teams and... He got picked up by a really sweet team. That's the head coach of that team has uh, six kids and it's just a really sweet, positive family team. While the teams that he got cut from, one of them has blown up into a thousand pieces and a bunch of those kids have left the league and all kinds of drama and politics have gone on in all these other places where he was, where he was cut. Or there's just a level of commitment and pressure that would not work for our family, which would be the other thing where it's like, well, they're playing every weekend, they're playing all day Sundays, they're practicing two, three plus nights a week. This team is like, eh, we practice once a week, we have tournaments every other weekend, we understand if you can't be there on Sunday mornings because of church, and also we're still really good, and there's a place for your kid here. It's like, well... It took us like a year and a half to get there. Mm-hmm. But man, what a gift. But you don't see that right. when all the other things feel like they're being taken from you. And there are always things like that in our lives. So I know that's a dumb, maybe dopey illustration and maybe it should be cut. But, but there are always things like that in our lives where it's just like, oh, it looks like we might get stuck paying full tuition at our private Christian school this fall, mm-hmm. oh no, we may have to come up with a different solution. Oh, well, I just remembered that there's another family in our church that wants to homeschool their five and six-year-old. And also there's another family that we're close to that they're part of this sort of like homeschooling co-op school situation in a nearby community. And oh, maybe maybe these mistakes will lead to something really great down the line or these like things that feel like they're being taken mm-hmm. from us will lead to something better down the line that we, we didn't see coming. We can fret about it. We can worry about it. We can feel like we're being punished or we can say every time God takes something, he's giving something. And 
We don't have to be worried. We can trust him. Right. He's been on our side. He's been for us this far. And that doesn't mean that we won't suffer. And it doesn't mean that bad things won't come. It doesn't mean we won't be in difficult positions. It just means we can trust him with whatever comes and it'll be okay. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad you used the example that you felt a little foolish using just the, well, it doesn't really matter because I think it actually highlights God's kindness. So often his discipline is just like, you didn't make the one team or you're not going to be able to afford Netflix this year or God actually is that kind that, and, and, and we're that stupid that things like that matter, I guess. But I don't know. It would be silly if, well, I'm not going to spank my kids because actually that's a very small amount of pain compared to the hell that they deserve based on total <laughs> depravity. No, it's it's a small illustrative bit of pain that helps them understand depravity and hell and all that. And 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 as adults, it turns out we still need that. And it can be as simple as, well, like for me right now, a big one is... I have this acid reflux problem that I've been trying to figure out and it just makes it so that I have to eat very small amounts of food and I really just can't go to Taco Bell. And <laughs> big <laughs> deal. Severe mercy. <laughs> severe mercy. Yes, exactly. And so let's talk about real suffering, Jake. <laughs> I think your family's suffered. But it's just like, yeah, it's kind of embarrassing to even acknowledge that as God's discipline because it's like, well, how much was I actually relying on Taco Bell? Well, the 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 thing is I was relying on Taco Bell a lot, actually. I was leaning on it for for comfort. I was leaning on junk food for to feel good at the end of the day. To, it was like if I give myself to people, if I love people, if I pour myself out, not not only will God replenish me, but Taco Bell will replenish me too. Oftentimes in my, I'd say for most of my life, I've always had to have something like that, that I can reward myself with if I'm going to quote unquote, do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And so God's just like, for this season of your life, Nathan, food's not going to be that. It's just, it can't medically. It's just, we're removing that factor. It's not that you can't eat. It's not that you can't eat good food. It's not that you can't enjoy the food that you eat. It's just, you can't use junk food the same way and you can't use eating lots of food the same way mm-hmm. and it sounds small and it sounds petty but it's pretty it's good discipline it's kind and generous discipline of a kind and generous father and it, it i don't know i don't know what i'm saying but mm-hmm. well uh, working on this sermon series i have this you should say what the sermon series is for people who are here in evansville we're on just a little sermon series right now called who is jesus opening up the person and work of Christ, mostly because I couldn't find a book that I really liked and wanted to give people. And it's not like our our church plant situation allows us to have a Sunday school hour or anything like that. So it's like, this is a good opportunity. Let's just take some time, take a step back and, and do a little sermon series on who is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, as we move into what it means for Jesus to be king and judge, I've been thinking about heaven and hell and just the simple reality. And I'm probably not the first person to articulate this this way. I'm almost certainly not. And if I lifted this from someone, I don't know who it was. Maybe I pulled it from the recesses of my memory or something like that. But just this simple reality and way of looking at, way of framing our lives for the unbeliever, this life is the closest they will ever get to heaven. Hmm. And for the believer, this life is the closest we will ever get to hell. 
That's a really good and helpful frame for me. Just for those who are in Christ and, and know Jesus and trust Jesus, this life is the closest we'll ever get to hell. And that, that frames every bit of discipline, every bit of suffering in a way that's really sweet and helps me see just how rich and full and tender the mercies of God are. He's not letting us get any closer to hell than the things we experience in this life. And some people experience a lot of horrible things and different parts of the world are really, really suffering right now. But that being said, compared to the torments of hell, that's it. Like, okay, so Sri Lanka, people are starving and mobbing the streets and it's chaos and it's horror. But this life is soon over. And if that's the closest we get to hell, what a mercy. Mm-hmm. If that's the closest we get to what we actually deserve, what a mercy. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, again, like Jesus, look at the birds. It's obvious. It's simple. It's an obvious and simple truth that feels almost trite to say, but it's profound. And if you have faith, if you have the eyes to see it, it, it runs really deep and can hit you really deep. So it's a little handle maybe. And it, and it, and it parallels to just sort of like that Puritan uh, way of thinking of Jonathan Edwards' resolution to think often of hell's torments or whatever, mm-hmm. whenever he's in pain to be reminded of hell's torments. Mm-hmm. Right. But this is sort of like just the positive mm. way of looking at it, right? But you want both. Right. You want to be reflecting on hell and what you deserve and everything that Jesus is saving us from and to. Yeah. Well, I don't think we're going to have a better ending for the podcast than that. So go to patreon.com. Well, I can think of one. <laughs> go to <laughs> patreon.com <laughs> forward slash. Do you have anything sinning. else to talk about than that? Well, I thought of something. I didn't know whether it was, it was worth saying or not. What you made, to, what, what you made, have made, made, me, made me think of was, well, no, I don't feel like talking about that. Yeah. Patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity. Got me curious now. Um, fine, fine. You made me think about how thinking about the torments of hell has actually helped me fall asleep a lot lately. And the reason is, if there's anything that's OCD about me, and maybe this is just just punishment for all the horror movies and things I've watched, but if there's anything that's, that sort of goes wrong in my brain in an OCD style fashion, it's if I'm trying to go to sleep, sometimes I will get a bad idea in my head and I will start to not start to kind of whirlpool around it. Something like, oh, no, what would it be like to be buried alive? Or, mm-hmm. oh, no, what if I was choking to death? Or, oh, no, what if, what if, what if? These are the horrible things that have happened to people. What if one of them happened to me? What, what would it take to actually make me give up my faith something like like what what yeah. torture could they mm-hmm. could they inflict on me where i would crack right theo was crying one time and, and meredith said well we got to go in and check on her because you don't know somebody could be rapping on the window and that was just like a random example she pulled <laughs> and i was like well thanks for that what a wonderful thought that somebody's <laughs> that'll looking, never go yeah. away <laughs> somebody's looking through yeah now for the rest of my life i have the idea of somebody standing outside the nursery looking in at my child thank you thank you for that and now i've shared it with our listeners but things like that will happen to me and and what i've realized recently is you know what that fear that you feel of those things that's obsessing you 
you should actually be scared of hell because hell is that times a billion forever. And so there's a proper channel for that fear. There's a place where you, you can say, you know what, even if that happened, there's still yet a worse thing. And that's the thing that you should really be scared of. And then find your comfort in Christ. And it's actually been, it's actually been really helpful. Like if yeah. I'm scared of choking to death, to take the silliest of them, then what, you know, imagine choking to death forever and then praise God for saving you from that. Yeah, so. my, my mind turns, that's, I've never, I don't know that I've thought of using that with fear but I don't have as obsessive nighttime thoughts like that. But when I've been at, whenever I've been in the kind of excruciating pain or I've thought death would be a relief, mm -hmm. sometimes if you have like the stomach flu or something like that, you can just be like, death would be a relief. Mm -hmm. My mind always goes to hell and it helps me get through it in the same, same sorts of ways. Like, yeah. Whatever this is, and is excruciate. Like, how often do you experience the kind of excruciating pain where you're just like death? Death would be a relief. Death would be a relief. And then you say, "Yeah, this times infinity is hell." Mm. Oh, Jesus, help me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's weird. I guess maybe if someone hasn't been there, it, it's not intuitive to think that that would be helpful, but. It's a comfort. It, it, it is a comfort. It is a comfort. Yeah, you think of all the times God warns his children not to choose hell over heaven in mm -hmm. the Bible. Why do you have to tell me that? I'm your child. I'm a Christian. I don't need that. <laughs> we were talking about this actually at the dinner table last night because uh, we were, we just got, Joseph Bailey recommended the Child Story Bible to us by Catherine Voss, the wife of... Gerhardus Voss. Gerhardus Voss, the, the Reformed theologian. Princetonian? Princetonian, yeah. And uh, so we're reading it and we've been plugging away through Genesis and we hit the fall. It's like five or six chapters in, you get to the fall. And there's some... I think that there are some real problems in the way that she deals with Genesis. I expect it gets better in other places, but there are problems in Genesis. But But... Nevertheless, one of my kids last night was like, just really wanting to process why on earth Adam and Eve sinned? Mm -hmm. Why did they eat the fruit? Why? Like, why did they believe the serpent? Why did, what? God had told them they would die. And Amanda said, did you brush your teeth this morning? <laughs> Got him. <laughs> he said, no. He said, I've told you that your teeth will rot and fall out. I've told you that They'll get brown and nasty. I've showed you pictures, what it looks like when you don't brush your teeth. Did you believe me? Did you trust me? Do you believe that I have your good in mind? You just do what you want to do. We're just, we're just like that. That helps all the kids. It's just mm -hmm. what discipline is for kids is Adam and Eve at the beginning bought into the lie that their actions have no consequences. You will not surely die. And from the fall on, we have had to be, have it beaten into us that our actions have consequences and those consequences matter and they're not just hypothetical. And that's why we discipline our kids and that's why God disciplines us and that's why we have baby consequences for our sins and right. baby little disciplines like... As your parent, I'm going to introduce a, in some sense, artificial consequence in order to teach you the fact that there are such a thing as consequences. Yeah, the most basic principle of life, the most basic principle of economics, the most mm -hmm. basic 
But do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. It's woven into creation. It's woven into a man doesn't sow a fig tree and gather apples or thistles or whatever mm-hmm. thorns know, thorns yep. and what you put it what you put in is what you get out and and so then we just had a conversation about all the ways that we pretend like our actions and believe the stupidest things about our actions not having one-to-one consequences and how hmm. we just are our parents we just are our first parents we just are adam and eve all over again and it sounds stupid to us because the idea in our minds that god would tell us don't Mm -hmm. do this you will die Mm -hmm. objectively Mm -hmm. that should be enough Mm -hmm. the serpent was persuasive and we constantly are we're constantly doing this sort of thing the teeth example is so great because you go to the dentist and they have these giant posters that they put up of nasty teeth it's like they're doing everything to say this could happen to you. Yeah. It's always struck me as funny. I, lo- I love those posters because it's like, the fact that I'm here means I'm, I'm in dialogue with you to prevent this. And mm-hmm. yet the part of the dialogue that you're most interested in giving to me when I, when I come to you for help is, don't do this, gingivitis, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> here's pictures of nasty teeth. It's like the dentists aren't afraid to say, to, here's the difference between heaven and hell. Here's the... Here's well, yeah, and they always put perfect teeth next to them too right, so you exactly. have posters of perfection perfection yeah you got digitally altered perfect teeth and you've got rotting falling out meth teeth that they and it is the reward and the consequence mm-hmm. just always laid in front of you kids they're just this way all the time mom and dad are the bad guy because they said only one cookie and they just hate me and don't want me to have fun and enjoy cookies or they said bedtime is nine o'clock oh no they don't, yeah. Everything is just like framed like that. And it's the way that we're wired to just rebel and mistrust the goodness of God and his commands. And yeah. And so we get little dopey disciplines like we got to cancel our Netflix subscription and we got to go a summer without cool baseball team. Mm-hmm. Whatever, you know. By the way, I would just like to state for the record that I canceled Netflix probably years ago at this point. Uh, I do have many streaming services, that, but Netflix is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I canceled Netflix a year and a half, two years ago, I yeah. think. Somewhere, somewhere around. around I, I didn't do it specifically because of cuties, but it was somewhere in there that it was like, well, they hate me and their content lineup is completely boring and they stink. So goodbye, yeah. Netflix. But yeah. anyway... You know what the opposite of things that stink are? It's Patreon. Uh, <laughs> wonderful. I don't know. Organ. I might try to drag this out a little bit longer. But yeah, Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash sign of sanity. You can go there. You can support our work. You can be part of our Discord, which is a for my mom, because she thought I was mispronouncing the word discourse, is a <laughs> app that you can sign up and you can talk to us and stuff. And it's a lot of fun. And we've been getting good fodder for episodes. And we'll get to some of that fodder, but not today. Yeah, and you can do other things. Sometimes me and Ben shoot videos. We shot a video where Ben gave a tour of our studio. What a magnificent behind the Discord? No, we put that on Patreon. Patreon. Okay. But if you have access to the one, I suppose you have access to the other in some form at least. And yeah. It's not a bad place actually just to get general news about what's wrong with the world because 
we're posting stuff in there that we may decide to talk about. We may not decide to talk about it. Other people are throwing things in there. Hey, this might be interesting point of discussion. Yeah. And so if you just sort of like, if I scroll through, and we also like some fun things get posted in there too, although Ben decides to post random fun things into the general channel instead of the for fun channel. Oh, you know, I thought that was uh, scary and interesting, Jake. I don't know. I thought it merited general interest. <laughs> I right. think you should have put it in the for fun channel. Wait, wait what's general? It what was, was it? general is just like for like general announcements and things like that. Oh, but Ben okay. thought it was right. worth generally announcing to everybody that <laughs> robots are scary. Yeah, I did. <laughs> 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 I've seen Terminator. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I only put one. I created for fun. I put, I just thought it would the whole yellow brick road to Atlantis sort of form, mm. whether it's a formation or actually some kind of sunken. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it was really cool. neat. And uh, Jake apparently thinks that the robot apocalypse that's coming is fun. <laughs> I think it's a joke. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll laugh later. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, if you like look through our fodder for episode stuff, so you hear just like, I'll go back a couple of, I'll, I'll scroll up and give you just some some of the headlines we've talked about, talk talked about, or we've thrown in there that we could talk about. A Arizona school counselor who previously came under fire for hosting a Tucson area high school's first ever drag show has mm. been arrested for engaging in an inappropriate relationship with one of her students. Shocking. Who would have thought who that thought? somebody who wants to host a drag show is also having an inappropriate relationship with a student? We threw in, or I threw in the Project Veritas stuff about Twitter exposed, where they just have a Twitter exec and a Twitter engineer, senior engineer, talking about how actually they do run the algorithms to be biased against conservatives. And because they're all as communist as can be, although he doesn't say it quite that way, and they don't care about money they some of them only work a couple days a week and it's way better than being capitalist idiots and i think there he actually does say it that way i think he says we're all a bunch of commies i think that's a literal literal quote he says we're commie as yes blank okay yeah so we're he, all commies it's not that he doesn't blatantly say it it's that he blatantly says it with the next expletive that yeah that's that what produce. I, that's right okay yeah so if if you misunderstood me no, he says it as ex explicitly as possible. He says it even more explicitly than Jake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he talks about how they tried to revolt against Elon, Elon's takeover bid. To the the exec is making fun of Elon Musk for having Aspergers, and that's pretty amazing. There's a little thing in here about this Christian app Glorify and how the Kardashians are promoting it. Some stuff about anyhow, any number of the Texas Supreme Court allowing the state to resume investigating parents of transgender youth for child abuse, mm -hmm. which is awesome. Go Texas, because that's exactly what it is. Just little little things like that. So it's just we've had some good little discussions in there too, like certain yeah. things that things that may not quite rise to the level of an episode, but it's just uh, you know we can. What are our thoughts on the chosen? If you ever wanted to know, yeah, somebody's. We've got you know people in the Discord saying, hey. What are your thoughts? But it sounds like, or actually in that, in that case, it was, so I listened to a sermon mm -hmm. from Church of the King and Jake was talking about images of Jesus and depictions of Jesus on screen. And it makes me sort of feel like you guys don't like The Chosen or mm -hmm. wouldn't like it, but you've never really talked about it. What do you, th what do you think? And we said, your feelings are correct, Kimo Sabi. Yeah. And 
Yeah, but we've not wanted to address that here because none of us have wanted to take the time to watch any of The Chosen. <sighs> yeah, that is the kind of the problem with addressing The Chosen. Although I'm more and more inclined to actually do it because I get advertised to for this app done by the chosen people that all, Mark Wahlberg well, is also somebody on in my now. discipleship group asked me to watch it. I was when, when I still lived in Bloomington, my physical therapist was asking me to watch it. Well, maybe we'll do an episode on the chosen. I don't want to do an episode on the chosen right now. <laughs> uh, all right. Nope. Folks, what do you think? Should we do an episode on the chosen? Go to patreon.com, sign up, go to discord, tell us to do the episode on chosen. Tell us to do anything. Yeah, tell us to do anything. Tell us to stand on our hands. May, yeah, we may we may do it for the right price. We'll do every. We'll do anything. Everyone has their price. I think that's the message that I want you to walk away with today <laughs> from the episode. All right, and until it's very sad that I lost the ability to say not the catchphrase, but the simple lead into the catchphrase. Let me try that again. Until next time, stay sane. 